hopes. Can I have? Can I have you saying something at the volume and distance from microphone you're likely to have? Everyone knows that I like to lean in, and I like to get a bit jumpy with my. You normally speak. You normally speak better than that, Big Al. All right, so I'm usually like this. Let me tell you, fellas, about something that happened in my life recently. Something to do with the tights. <laughs> I'm just a one-dimensional character. <laughs> back just a little. Uh, don't forget I've, your mic technique, fellas. Just I've got, um, keep it nice and crispy. Just so you know, I've got two reflections, which is becoming the norm. Um, you're I'm double, a, I'm a, you're I'm a body well. double yeah. reflection, John A. Look at him go. Hey? So, <laughs> so reflective. All right. I've reflected a lot this week. <laughs> He's a complex individual. He is. In a... Simplify kind of way. All right. Shall we? Progressive Rugby League. Oh, it's Rugby League time again. Exciting is it to just stop and go, you know what? We have time to talk rugby league. It's the slug. How are you all? I'm joined by progressive rugby league experts. You may have heard of them. Jono, how are you? G'day, slug. Big Al. Good to be back. And Big Al, how are you feeling? I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling excellent. I'm feeling energised after that intro. I've got a, a beaming smile on my face and I'm ready to get into it. That's from uh, podcast host 101. You just start off with a big... Uh, annoying sound really and it just gets things rolling you don't, want to start, you don't want to start too high because where, where do we go from here if we're already starting this this high energy level oh, i've done my work for the episode right. it's up to you guys <laughs> now up you to, up to me and uh it's up to you to provide me with a reflection now uh all right so the other this week uh, i was watching a fair bit of super league because i've noticed that uh whilst uh, obviously i love the game uh, i love the nrl and i try to uh, absorb as much Super League as I possibly can, but it's really tough being in the, uh, another hemisphere where it's not all live games are not live, so you've got to catch your replay here and there. Uh, so I was watching a replay of the Huddersfield-Castle game, Castleford game, uh, and a couple of things stood out to me that I'm surprised I hadn't noticed before. Mm. One is the balls. Mm. They're using Steeden balls in the Super League now. I didn't know that, because I remember not long ago there was a big uproar about the new Rhino balls they were using and them being not good. Like, yeah, it was a decision in the off season to, yeah. to bring in Steed and one of those uh, Robert Elston, you know, changes he's made that, to make it more NRL like. So, what, what was up with the Rhinos? What's a, what? what? Oh, hopeless they, balls. Yeah, they just weren't good. Didn't they were like weird, them. floating, you know, vibe to them. No grippage. <laughs> poor, yeah. Yeah, poor grippage. Poor grippage. Poor grippage. Poor grippage. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, I just found that surprising and, and, and disappointing on my behalf because it's something I really should know. So, shame on me. Mm. Uh, but point number two is I noticed, and I don't know if this is universal across all games or if it's exclusive to things that happen at the Menderhose jungle of Castleford, but the screen used for video referee decisions, you know how in the NRL, when decision is pending, you get a big pending thing and then a, and an ad for KFC mm. and then it says try, no try. Mm. The, the decision pending screen for at least this game in the Super League was a spinning, like, Wheel of Fortune, like, oh, chocolate yeah. wheel at the school mm. fake kind of thing, which... By a vowel sort of thing. Well, yeah, which I understand was, I guess they just, like, we need to animate this thing. Oh, we'll make it a spinning thing. But to me, it looked like 
it, it diluted the um, legitimacy of the decision that the video referee was making. Right. It made it seem like it was just a, oh, I'll spin around and see where we go. Oh, I get what try, you mean. No, yeah, so it, it's just, it's banned. No try, no try. I don't know. Maybe they chucked in a joke booby prize in there as well. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure. No, that's not, the, that's not the message you want to get across. Yeah, I found that was just a really surprising creative choice mm. for yes. the decision pending uh, screen. Uh, yeah, for a for a, a, a bunkable. A Another level that's probably annoying on is that people would associate that. Mac owners would associate that with, uh, you know, it's the spinning wheel of death. Oh, that's yeah, it's, when yeah. when it's frozen and you got to sit there and just stare at it, can't do anything. Maybe, it's gone. I think, isn't there like an Xbox yellow light of doom thing that happens as well when your your Xbox or your PlayStation like dies? That that circle in the middle. I've heard such things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it only it only has bad connotations mm. already. Yeah. Why do they? I found a really odd creative choice. Yeah. An unintended consequence of trying to make it fun. I think makes it seem like they're not. Um, they're yeah undermining the video referee's decision. Yeah. Kind of saying, well, it's random. Oh, we'll just yeah. have a guess. And I'd also like to know. Maybe we can engage the listeners on this. If it's if that's used across every game, or if it's just something they use in Castleford or at the Menderhose yeah, jungle. Yeah, at the Menderhose jungle. Well, it's almost like um, you know, it's a bit game showy, as you say. Mm. Or you know, it's like, it's almost like the referee, you, the the spinning wheel will stop, and the referee can go, well, you can take that decision, or you can have a look at the board. <laughs> What's in Choose this a box? <laughs> After the break. <laughs> um, yeah. So there we go. They're, they're, they're my reflections. What about the the Menderhose jungle? Obviously. The Castlewood Tigers, so they call it the jungle, so it's meant to be quite an intimidating place. And the sponsor comes on board, and it's called the Menderhose Jungle. Like, just kind of. I've always wondered about, like, so the Menderhose Company, what kind of. Chucking a band aid on a garden hose is not a it's not a viable business uh, model, right? So there must be these there must be mending large industrial expensive hoses. Yeah, I'm guessing. It think sounds so. like a low cost model to me. At the very least. <laughs> is is there a big hose industry in Castleford or a big or a big? Uh, I don't know what the industry of Castleford traditionally is, but they must be using lots of really mm. big hoses that often need mending. Or maybe the the hose industry is that sort of their lost leader and they, they sort of oh, make they get their, you in with the hose fixing yeah they make their money on a whole bunch of other you know administrative stuff but hose oh, fixing just draws people in because it drew me in yeah if we've got any Castleford listeners right in yeah nice one I'm going to jump in with my reflection quite quickly and it's just um, it's just really a, a, a point about the smugness of the hot tipster right, right. and how quickly how quickly a weekend can change for you <laughs> Because in the NRL, eight games—that's a lot of games. Mm. You know, you know you, the the mood you have, say on a Friday mm. or mid-afternoon Saturday, may not necessarily be the mood you finish the weekend on. Which hot tipster are we talking about? We're talking about the slug, right? Mm. The slug, the slug <laughs> cracked the first three games off. Oh, good start! And you know, the Titans for, definitely were not favourites, nor were the Tigers. Sorry, no. Big Al. So I was three from three, and I went. You know what? I got this in the bag. bag. I'm going to have a great weekend. Didn't get another game after. Oh, really? I was in the exact same position on Saturday. I'd gotten the three on Friday, and I was like, oh, here we go. And I had also picked the Warriors and declared them in front of everybody at work. (laughs) Warriors is my lock of the week. And 24-12 with 20 minutes to go, I was like, here we go. Big Al is on a hot streak. He's on a a burner. He's on a heater. And then it all fell to pieces, and I got them all wrong on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. It's a fickle game, isn't it? Hey, my reflection. Fellas, do you know what our most listened to episode of all time is? No. Well, it's actually our No Helmets Required book club episode from the off season. Did you know? And, I do uh, now. Right. Of course, it's a great book from Gavin Willsey, which tells of the unlikeliest of rugby league tours of Australia, New Zealand and France, 
by a bunch of American college misfits. It's funny, it's a rollicking ride. Get the book or check out our podcast. But what I want to talk about, it also outlines some of the, store, some of the efforts made to get professional rugby league going in North America between the 50s and the 70s. And of course, in the ensuing decades, there have been huge efforts to get something going, but a lot of false dawns. And now, following a historic meeting of RFL and some Super League clubs in Salford, we may be on the cusp of having a total of three North American clubs in what may well become known as the Transatlantic Rugby League system. Now, this is big for many reasons, but a key for mine is that it not only potentially brings in brand new fans to the game, but it also consolidates what the Wolfpack have done. Maybe the Wolfpack are not an anomaly. Maybe they're not a mirage. Maybe they're not a one-off, a random mutilation that developed from a very specific and unique set of unrepeatable circumstances. Maybe we really are seeing, finally, the genuine dawn of professional rugby league in North America. And the funny thing is, it's happened not because of any great vision for the game uh, from the powers that be in the UK. In fact, uh, not all because of their great stewardship of the game. In fact, many would argue it's their enigmatic running of the game that has kept the barriers for entering rugby league very low and kept the door ajar for sugar daddies, men with money, to come in and go, how about it? (laughs) And and to the RFL's credit, despite everyone's fears, including ours, they've been open to it. And it looks like they may well embrace it. Our fingers are crossed. But it wasn't that great news over the week when we saw, when we heard that Ottawa and New York both got, you know, a warm response from the clubs and, mm. and from the boards. It's yeah, I, I, found it, I found it surprising that they all voted. Like, well, they didn't all vote uh, yes, but the mm. majority, of what, I don't know how, how it's ruled, but most of them said, yeah, that's great. Apparently, 15 out of 19 clubs voted yes, and I think mm. the, the ones that voted no, this is according to speculation I saw from, I think it was Aaron Bauer from The, the Guardian, he said it was Lee Centurions, Rochdale Hornets, Hunslet, and Witness, who said no. We haven't spoken about Hunslet enough on this podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was the first I've heard of that name. But yes, so most most seem pretty open to it, which was surprising because there was a lot of conjecture that you know the clubs are going to vote in self interest. But no, the most most didn't. Well, they don't see it as a threat really just yet. I guess would be the main reason. Well, they probably see the good side of of it potentially down the track more television revenue because that's yeah. that's well they all get way. a free trip to new york out of it basically yeah. Yeah, is that, exactly. is that what they're <laughs> for a free trip to new york um does this mean i mean this is great news and let's hope it all uh, it all follows track and these teams are admitted into the championship or uh, league one league one i think um, yeah. for promotion up into the championship but does could this all come to naught if the super league clubs block their promotion well interestingly five super league clubs went to that meeting uh, they didn't have voting rights. But I think they seem to be on board on the proviso that there will be a cap of international and North American teams in the Super League, maybe 25% of the competition. So, um, you know, therefore, in, in a competition of uh, 12, 25% is three. So, uh, obviously, you've got Catalan in there already. Oh, we I totally want... forgot about Catalan. But, yeah, but what you do, of course, is... Just make it a bigger competition. Let's make it 16 teams. <laughs> yeah. So all of a sudden, 25% is four. Yep. 
Let's make it 20 teams. 25 cents, five. This sounds like, like a... This is uh, the, uh, throwback to the uh, constant promotion system. Oh, yeah, yeah un- unlimited promotion. <laughs> this sounds like uh, a Zimbabwean economics advisor. <laughs> Inflation, just, yeah. You know, just print more money. <laughs> I, th- I think you raise a good point about all this potential expansion and growth of the game, specifically in North America, is not has nothing to do with uh, administrative planning mm. of that. It's just happening. Mm. Um, I think, like, lots of things with rugby league, it's happening just because there are people that, like, just love the crap out of the game mm. like love it so much they want to um, they want to you know do 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 more for the game mm. which has its benefits such as you know the creation of the Wolfpack and hopefully Ottawa and New York also has its um, you know detractions from when you get people like using the Parramatta salary cap debacle years as an example everybody right. thinking they knew like loving the club so much yeah and thinking they knew the best way to do it and just and, and, was to and, cheat and, and just um, <laughs> all fell in a heap but uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic news. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, and it's funny because all the efforts that have gone in, and we saw it a bit in No Helmets Required in the 50s, 60s and 70s, and the ensuing decades has been many, many attempts to get something going. And often there were various people going in different directions, like like you say, Big Al, because they just loved it so much and they thought they, they knew the way. Yeah. And No, no, you've got to do it this way because I love it more than you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just worked out this way in that... There is opportunity, the barriers to entry are very low because of, you know, bungling over the years, (laughs) because of stagnation, and all of a sudden uh, we might get something out of it. So, fingers crossed, it's very exciting. Now, I also had another reflection for you, Mm -hmm. and it's it's around the the term momentum. Now, Mm -hmm. what is momentum? Now, I know there's a physical definition, so all you physicists out there, hold your fire. Uh, but I want to know what is it in the everyday sense of the word and specifically within the confines of an 80 minute rugby league game because you always hear momentum this momentum 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 how and why does momentum shift now I thought about it over the weekend watching a seesaw battle between Newtown and North Sydney at Henson Park and also when I heard the result of the Bradford and Featherston Challenge Cup tie now Pretty much every single game features momentum swings one way and then another. But I'm really interested in those massive pendulum swings where one team can put on 24 and then the other can respond with 20, just like happened with the the Jets and Bears where the Newtown Jets went to a 24-0 lead only to cling on 32-30. Now, obviously, there are multiple factors involved, physical, mental, emotional, but I want to throw in an additional, very loose theory out there. I think those games that swing wildly, like Newtown Norths, Bradford, Featherston, they swing on belief. And more than that, a short-term belief in the supernatural. Now, <laughs> let me break it down for you. I think in the confines of an 80-minute rugby league game, there is a fixed, finite level of belief split between the two teams. A belief pie, if you will. Now, in a game of two evenly matched teams, a run of three or four tries in a row is a result of one team increasing their belief at the expense of the other team. Now, you've heard players, the victims of a comeback, say, we just couldn't hold them. And the other team saying, we felt like we can do no wrong. In that case, the losing team has had a segment of their belief pie snatched from them and had it used against them. Now, to mount one of those once-in-a-lifetime comebacks, you know, the, the Bradford comeback or the, those fight backs from 20 points down, uh, not only requires you to hog the belief pie and starve the other team of belief, it also requires a short-term belief in magic, in the supernatural Hang on, is that a second pie? It's <laughs> one pie. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh, it might be the magic pie. I haven't thought about it. Now, to mount a staggering comeback takes more than just a team hogging the belief pie. Because in a game of evenly matched teams, the share of the belief pie will generally even out to some extent. To pull off the miraculous, like North Sydney almost did, and like Bradford did, 
You need to believe in superhuman feats. You need to believe in perfection, the impossible. It's, it's tenuous, it's fragile, and it rarely comes off because one wrong step, one hair out of place, and the bubble bursts and belief deflates to mortal levels. And this happened with the bears. They were on their way, but they just couldn't keep it going. But every now and then, the belief in otherworldly powers, in the impossible, whether grounded in any sense of reality or not, comes off. And boy, is it something to behold. Because it's, it's rare, though, because all stars must align, and you must believe in the unbelievable. Momentum. We hear, we hear the term so much. <laughs> we hear the term so much in rugby league, and it's just been it's been bugging me. What the hell is it? Well, it's just this. Well, I'll like, tell you what it is. That is, that is a, uh, a doctorate thesis in the um, the rugby league degree. Well, I tell you because I was watching Seinfeld repeats as I do sometimes, and as I said, you've got to kind of believe. You've got to suspend your belief in reality. I think you've got to believe in supernatural for a while if you're going to pull off the miraculous comeback. And just like, do you remember that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry is asking George how to beat a lie detector? And mm. because Jerry's been watching Morrow's Place, he doesn't want his girlfriend to know. And George says, it's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah. And that's a, that's a similar thing. You have to suspend your belief in reality to actually get up to that level of pulling off this miraculous mm. comeback. So this comeback from Bradford, they were down 26-8 with nine minutes to play. They won 27-26. I mean, this, you, that's hard to do. That's, you need that's to. hard to yeah, do. Yeah. I, think, I think what you're saying here is... You have uh, to hold the can, belief high. <laughs> you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Uh, or more, more importantly, you won't achieve what you want if you don't think you can do it. And make yeah. sure you get the server underneath so that yeah, the crust that, doesn't that, stick to the bottom of the pan. Getting that first slice is yeah. always really difficult. It is. But it's, it's more than that because you're, it's a belief pie, mm. right? You can't grow the pie because it's a finite fixed level of belief between the two teams. So, I thought it was a magic pie. You no, that's, the, that's the extra bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the extra pie. Because you take some, it, when you increase your belief, you're taking it off the other team. Mm. You know what I mean? I get the but pie. I, I think um, I think finite pie is an early front runner for yeah. title of this it, episode. It, you make a good point though with, with momentum. So mm. uh, it's 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 intangible, but it's it's also real mm. like, because you can feel when you've got it, and you can well, so you know when your team's got it, and you know when your team is about to feel like they're about to lose it, and you know when it's running against them, and you can lose it. Like yeah. that. So I, I like being the, the, the devout Tigers fan that I am. Mm. I knew there was a period I think between between the years of say 2009 to 2013 where mm. I knew exactly when they were like when they were going to lose momentum because of the specific things that happened on the field. Right. Okay. And there was two events that I, I worked out. If the Tigers got to an 18 point lead <laughs> and then dropped the ball from the ensuing kickoff yeah. or like had an had an error in that set of six, yeah. I knew it. That's it. Momentum's burst, right? Yeah. And it's gone to the other team completely. The belief pie is evened yeah. out. Or if Keith Galloway scored a try, oh. if Keith Galloway ever scored a try, no matter what circumstances the game was in, we were guaranteed to lose. They relaxed wow. and went away just yeah. like that because they started joking with each other. Oh, hey, yeah, Keithy. yeah, Keithy got it. Yeah, and then All right. Yeah. There you go. So thoughts welcome on what on earth is momentum. Yeah. Let's get into some mailbag, shall we? Yeah, let's do it now. We've got a, another huge mailbag segment, so really looking forward to it. Before we get to all the mailbag this week, uh, just wanted to acknowledge and address 
uh, a mistake we made last week. Now, we received a letter from a listener, Declan, about a segment on a Fox lead comedy show. Uh, the segment had some fun with the Balkan Super League. And Declan raised some really interesting questions, you know, on broad topics like, when, when is someone in on a joke, and can you be offended on someone's behalf, even if they are not? Now, we intended to keep the discussion to those sorts of uh, questions, to keep it broad, big picture, that's the kind of thing we do on this show. But we ended up getting carried away and making judgment on the segment. Now, that'd be fine, but we didn't actually see the segment, even though uh, Declan suggested we should. So we were making a judgment on something that we hadn't seen. It was a bit lazy. It was uncool. Uh, We were annoyed at ourselves about that. We actually put a fair bit of effort not to make this a half-assed affair. And I think we normally succeed, but we fell short last week. We got it wrong. We're sorry. We'll do better. Mm. So that's that. Now, on to the mailbag for this week. And like I said, we've got a big one. And, you know, we were feeling a bit down on ourselves last week. Uh, but then we heard from a friend of the show, Ashton DeSantis. Uh, first time we've heard from him this year. This guy cheat us up. And he said, what a fantastic segment on alpha males in society and how it relates to the game. Segments like this show why this is not some rugby league podcast, but truly progressive in its views and content. While I agree it's probably 10 years too late for inclusion and diversity in rugby league personalities... I think it's the responsibility of the current generation who want this change and are against the one-sided alpha views of the latter year to pass on this progressive nature to the younger generation. Don't get caught up in the pre-match hype and the locker room lad laughs and just enjoy the game for the spectacle it is, especially Dragons games. Now, uh, Ashton is an NRL Dragons fan, but I'm pretty sure he also met Catalan Dragons games as well. Most people do. That's right. Um, Thank you, Ashton, for that. Did he ever end up getting his prize pack from last year? I'm not sure. Big Al, that was (laughs) Did you give him his prize pack? I had had the Steve Mascot-owned big league there, but I couldn't part with it. I I was still sitting next to my bed. I read it every night. That's not cool. We've got to give him his prize. We're going to give it to you, uh, Ashton. Sorry, six months later. Check in next year. Yeah, that's right. Now, we also heard from Phil Brown of Mascot Browns after we laid down some ground rules for the uh, uh, Rugby League hipster off at Henson Park sometime this year. Now, if you weren't listening last week, it's a kind of a Miss Universe pageant for Rugby League uh, merchandise fiends like Big Al and Phil. Now, he said, I've caught up with the last few podcasts. Loving your work, guys. I'm looking forward to the, to, to the challenge, Big Al. I'll get my international rugby league jerseys and training gear ready. Can you top my Albania rugby league jersey? And there he posts a picture of this splendid, spectacular Alba- Albania rugby league jersey. And in the background... <laughs> Just Sydney Harbour. So he's he is really not bad, Phil. He's really um, winning the mental battle right now. Yeah. Phil, just so you know, Big Al's sweating bullets. He's sweating uh, bullets. Uh, well, <laughs> Phil's already in preparation mode, so he's already kind <laughs> he of. He is. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, before we move on, I'm, I'm going to have to make a comment on this. Like, I love the challenge, and I'm totally up for it. I do feel that <laughs> Phil maybe has a slight advantage. In well, <laughs> this is what uh, another person said, Matt Farrell from Leeds. He said, "Yes." This is all great, Phil, but you do have a slight advantage being the uh, owner of a rugby league international uh, merchandising company. But look, Big Al, you've never been afraid of a challenge. No, of course, and I, I reckon I reckon I might have some pieces that he he doesn't know because there's, be there's that um, Miss Universe thing where you ha- have to actually speak and, and talk about your your dreams, you know, for world peace and in in this context, international rugby league. So you've got that or, that you could. Or win. Phil starts from scratch, and Big Al's got a handicap. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Starting off five? Yeah. Let's call it five. Five singlets. <laughs> so we're being judged on volume? I thought we were being judged on quality. <laughs> well, it's a, there's a lot of rules. You, you it's conceptual, Big Al. It's a yeah. conceptual five. We've got to work it out. 
Also, the great Ian East from Leeds, or Ian from East Leeds, he let us know that Leeds Rhino's honourable quest to uphold Progressive Rugby League pillar number three has taken the next step with the signing of Ava Siu Manu Fungi. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he's the guy when playing for Cronulla a couple of years ago. He ran onto the field to the wrong end uh, yep. for the second half, and not just toward the wrong end, all the way to the dead ball line in readiness to receive a non-existent kickoff. But that just means that he was had the was so in the zone, had the blinkers on so much. Oh yeah, didn't notice there was no teammates around him. Oh himself. yeah, but I mean. Facts are facts. It was one of the funniest things we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And that's Pillar 3 at its best. One, one thing I love about Ava Seema Fungi mm. is when commentators, especially Ray Warren, say it. It's a very, Ava Seema Fungi. It's a really <laughs> nice, solid name. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Now, Ian and another listener, Gavin, from Sydney, also helped clarify the pronunciation of a team that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the Challenge Cup tie that we thought was between Keeley and Bradford. Now, it turns out Keeley is not pronounced Keeley, but mm. Keithley. Keithley. Wow. So uh, thanks for clearing that up. It's, I think it's got some sort of Welsh connection there. But um, Gavin did send us, like, the YouTube how to pronounce this, and yeah. I, hopefully I've got it right. Keithley. Keithley. I think wow. also it's just occurred to me that we can have, it like, a season-long suspenseful build-up. And in the season finale this year, we should reveal whether it is actually... Ian East from Leeds or, or Ian from East Leeds. Leeds. Wow. <laughs> well, get him on the show. Wow. <laughs> Ian, how about it? What do you think? Uh, now, speaking of corrections, the International Rugby League Sumo also got in touch. Uh, he said, great episode. Just to let you know, the Wrexham Crusaders, who you mentioned last week, Big Al, are the North Wales Crusaders, who now play in League One. So oh, that's a good go. clarification. Thank you, Thank you, International Thank you. Rugby League Sumo. I appreciate the update. And finally, Phil Kaplan. Editor of the Great 4020 magazine gave us a shout out upon the release of their latest issue, which has an awesome French laden cover. Now, um, he said, This cover's for you, Progressive Rugby League. And, you know, that made me feel really good. What a guy. <laughs> uh, it's a fascinating cover story, actually. It's on the state of the French game, an interview with the French Federation president, Marc Palinquez, I think that's how you pronounce it. So I recommend you get a copy. Uh, it's one of my favourite rugby league magazines, not just because we were featured in it a number of months ago, uh, but yeah, it just has a great spirit about it, uh, just the right amount of humour, insight, passion. You know, maybe, maybe it's missing a monthly column for Progressive Rugby League. I don't know, but well, it's a uh, work in progress. That's right, that's right. But it's a really great mag, and we we get the digital copy. So for Australian fans, if you want an insight into the game in the north, recommend it. Now uh, that's that's about it from. Uh, the mailbag, another big one. So how do people get in touch with us on the mailbag? Well, surprisingly, they email progressiverl at outlook.com, mm. which has actually started happening, so that's yeah. a bonus. Or Facebook or Twitter. Now, before we go on, I'd like to mention, we've, we had a couple of weeks ago, you and I, Slug, we did an interview with Stu McCarthy from the Newtown Jets with our new segment on, you know, the experiences of intriguing rugby league grounds around the world. And so we're, we're looking to have a, another another interview next week. So keep your ears peeled for that. Very exciting. And I think oh, I'm going to go with... I really like the, the name for that segment, Grounds for Optimism. Are we cool to go with that? Ian East gave, gave us that one. I thought it was uh, grounds that we've been to or maybe you've been to and you think, <laughs> and one think day you should also have visit sometimes. Slash, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, I mean, okay, we can shorten it. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, excellent work. Well, I think... The closing of the mailbag signals only one thing. 
It's like we got on me. We like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby fatigue. See, I, I was, I was. Stuck, like I waited then I paused deliberately because I thought you were going to fake us out again oh. with, with another you know the last couple of weeks you've been doing that to us the album so you caught me off guard yeah. um, alright international update let's get into it and we'll start at the Super League like we often do mm. Catalan have gone down by one point Oof. one measly point to Hull FC in a nail biting and some would say heartbreaking uh, loss 30-31 to 31 in Perpignan mm. Uh, so this was a thrilling affair, stressful affair. I don't know. It depends on, on what side of the, the coin, uh, what, what, mm. what team you support, I guess. I'm going to say it was a stressful affair with a shining light in that Sam Cassiano, our man Sam Cassiano, mm. uh, did in fact get over the line to get a try. Um, but yeah, this, this, this game was all over the place. So the Dragons got out to an 8-0 lead and then Hull took it back. It was 14-8. And then at 20-30 to 28, after the 80th mm. minute, because I'm guessing... I had to work this out through watching the, the extended highlights, but uh, in the Super League, they don't stop the clock. They add on extra time after the 80th minute, I guess. Otherwise, this game was weird because, this, because points were scored after, the, after, the, um, after full time. Um, but Hull kicked a penalty goal from 50 metres out mm, wow. uh, to get it to 30 all and then uh, iced the game with a field goal. The amazing thing was, so yeah, Sam Castellano scored what looked like it was the last play of the game and they got in front with the conversion. Then Hull FC had a kickoff, which perhaps was the last play of the game. It was it was one of those short kickoffs. The Catalan player, I think, um, William caught the ball, but um, it, the ball didn't go ten meters, so he was penalised on halfway. Nailed the the penalty goal from halfway at, after full time to make it thirty all. Then the Hull FC kicked off in Golden Point extra time. Ball went into touch. They got a scrum feed and then kicked the field goal. What an incredible agilist! Yeah. Rugby game. league just stuff. providing nail biting games on in both hemispheres. Oh. At the moment. And just linking this, linking this back to my earlier reflection, another thing I didn't know was the Super League had embraced Golden Point. And shame on me, that's probably been happening for for years now. No, it just happened this year. Well, there this we year, go. So I feel so bad about along it. Steeden balls and uh, Golden Point. Uh, so shame on me. Well, no, less shame on me. There's always a little bit of shame on me. There's <laughs> less shame than there normally would be on not knowing those two things. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's it. So, yeah, Catalan, uh, heartbreaking loss. Uh, that's a real shame. Uh, now, London uh, didn't have a Super League game because it was a Challenge Cup uh, round for them. Uh, I don't really want to talk about this because they lost. So they lost 24-16 to uh, Halifax, who obviously hmm. had too much Halifaxion mm, yeah. for the baby Broncos. That's so. a great. It's a really great result from for Halifax. I mean, any time a team from a lower division beats a team from a higher division than them, you've got to give them credit. Although, as, we say, as we've said in the past, London are essentially a championship team. They haven't really changed their team from last year, so they're doing brilliantly so far in the Super League. But still, Halifax beating a Super League team, that's a great, great result. And it wasn't the only result, uh, Challenge Cup upset over the weekend. I think uh, Doncaster from League One beat the Butley Bulldogs. Oh, that's poor Butley Bulldogs. So that's a, a huge result. Um, well, yeah, so I don't want to dwell on the London loss. I'm going to uh, be, like, take the frame of mind that they were focusing less on the Challenge Cup mm. and more about Super League and staying out of that red nasty relegation zone um, so let's check on where they are with that yeah Catalan 6th place 10 points plus 6 mm. from the relegation zone uh, for London unfortunately 11th place 6 points plus 2 from the still relegation zone so yeah. still plus 2 even though now they've evened up in terms of games yeah. played everyone's played 10 so who's under London? Leeds mm. it's been a bad season for Leeds so far yeah that's and, right and of course 
this has been a recurring theme for us. Whilst we, of course, we want London to avoid being in the relegation zone, mm. I think the league would, and, and we want Toronto or Toulouse to definitely be promoted. I really don't want that to be at the expense of a club like Leeds. I think yeah. that would be a real Well, Sophie's choice. Who are you swapping out? <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't make me choice. <laughs> talk about that off air. Um, yeah, so, and in terms of the, oh, so sorry, moving on to next week as well, mm. this is going to be a really tough game for the three of us because. Yeah. Next round, we've got uh, what I'm going to call the first ever uh, Super Baby Cup. <laughs> London Broncos versus Catalan Dragons. Oh, dear. How we, how, I don't know how we're going to get through this one. Old I, baby v yeah. new baby. I yeah. suppose if you're just talking about you know which, which child needs the nourishment most, mm. the Broncos are desperately well, mm. in need of a win. But also, I don't like seeing the Dragons get any closer to that relegation <laughs> zone. Either, so I don't know what to do here, fellas. I'm really... Uh, maybe we can maybe we can have a, a conference and, and really work through through the issues of the the, the philosophical yeah. and moral and ethical issues that are plaguing this this, this game. There are plenty. Yeah, there are plenty. Maybe right. a ninety minute draw would be the only result we can we can cop there. Well, is it better for both teams to get one point? Yeah, I don't know. So this is, these are the things. So tune in for our bonus episode, <laughs> the really, ethics of the Super Baby Cup. <laughs> it's really about who grabs the most pie on the day. We've discovered oh, so. the belief pie. <laughs> the belief pie. Um, all right, so championship, no championship games uh, because it's a Challenge Cup mm. round, and also both of the uh, challenge, both of the championship babies neglected. Well, sorry, opted out of the Challenge Cup this they year, did, so yeah. they had a week off. Good for them. Mm. Put your feet up, fellas. Yeah. Um, so that's it when it comes to domestic competitions on the international front. One further update: I am proud to announce on behalf of ASEAN. NRL.com The Khmer Rugby League 13 has just been announced so this is uh, Rugby League in Cambodia my friends which did already exist in some I mean there was passionate people there wanting to start up a league I don't know how formal or official it got but this is an officially sanctioned uh, by the ASEAN NRL Rugby League in Cambodia so loving it it's been pretty hot playing a game there but um, congratulations again more uh, another example of people that love the game so mm, much mm. and uh, want to expand its influence well I, I've also uh, saw something over the week that sounds very exciting Jamaica are having their, their first ever home international on June 22 versus the USA nice. Nice. Exciting. you think we can get there uh, <laughs> it might be it might be tricky mm. <laughs> it not is in, about a 48 hour transit Big Al and Jono Grand Rugby League Tour <laughs> this year um, before we close up the uh, update there, uh, Jono, do you have a toilet observation of the week? Well, because Toulouse Olympique uh, didn't play, so I, I, my high-fibre diet didn't require me to watch uh, Toulouse on the toilet, but I'm looking forward to getting back there. Is Toulouse the only team you can watch on the toilet? Uh, I've seen Toronto Wolfpack games on the toilet in okay. the past. Uh, so they, they play a great brand of bathroom-related rugby league. <laughs> oh, very um, good. But yeah, Toulouse... Lead the way when it's it comes to, to yeah. They okay, get the, they get the bells going. <laughs> Let's slide straight into oh. our progressive moments of the week. Uh, look, I might go first, and I'm simply going to say, isn't it interesting mm. when you see a team lose their comedy? It is the Raiders. I know they're not funny this year. They used to be hilarious. They were the funniest team last year, and something's happened. I don't know if uh, you know they've suffered some kind of tragedy in their lives collectively. Yeah, uh, but they're they're not they're not um, seeing the lighter side. They're not even close to being funny. No, they are cold, clinical, calculated. <laughs> 
I, I, I'm I, like, whilst I'm, I hate the death of comedy, I'm a big fan of the Raiders doing well. I reckon it's just that they've bolstered their ranks with more uh, Super League players. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I guess they just adapt to the, the, the Canberra climate well and they're, they're doing good things. So who's the funniest NRL side this year then? Hmm. Good question. Mm-hmm. The Broncos? Brisbane maybe? Yeah. <laughs> they've been pretty funny so far, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, having a halves combination that have played together for three years and still not breaking, <laughs> that's pretty damn funny, isn't it? That's right. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Anthony Milford. I find it hard to, to laugh too much, but he's so entertaining. But, geez, the Broncos as a whole, funny. Pretty funny. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's me. Stepping into the void. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll go next. Uh, for those that don't know, in the Northern Hemisphere, today was the day that Greg Inglis, uh, Australian captain, uh, Queensland origin captain, uh, um, Bunny's premiership winner and a whole bunch of other stuff announced his retirement, uh, mm. which is both good and and bad. I think it's it's. I mean, obviously, it's it's good for Greg because I think his body was just couldn't handle it anymore. But yeah. uh, the game's losing a great player and someone that uh, in the latter half of his career definitely represented the one of the pillars of the PRL, which is what he stands for, mm. with his work with the indigenous community and that sort of stuff. So mm. uh, I just wanted to you know eke out a little portion of the show, portion of the show to say. Farewell, Greg. Job, Good luck. Job well done. Good yeah. luck. What a, what an immense player. When I when I think of Greg Inglis, I think of the word immense. Mm. I mean, I remember first time I laid eyes on Greg Inglis was a game between Melbourne and Penrith in Adelaide of all places. And whoa, whoa, yeah, yeah. Did you, you go to the game? No, no, no. Oh. no. <laughs> I laid eyes by the television. <laughs> right. And this was like a, a skinny, uh, just kind of lean, agile, and just lightning quick guy. So athletic, and the way he could burn past people. To see how he developed into this real, like, bulky framed, like, uh, dominant physical presence mm. is quite something to behold. And another one of those players where you just, obviously, a quality player mm. and one of the, the best that you've known, but you, you can only kind of barely start to imagine what they would have been like injury free. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point, yeah. And he was more than just, like, a great runner and a powerful runner. He also was a good ball player. Of course, he, he played in a a grand final winning team where I think the the title got stripped off them, but he was at 5'8 and, and won a, a Clive Churchill from 5'8 for the Melbourne Storm. Mm. And he was also at fullback, uh, you know, a really good, he had really good hands, could throw a good ball. On that um, grand final, the stripped grand final, mm. does the Clive Churchill medal stand? Do you get stripped of that? Oh, we should look into uh, that. Bloody question. Right. Mm. And if it does, shoot it. <laughs> that anyway. can go in our philosophical yeah, episode. Watch out for the bonus episode, the philosophy of rugby. <laughs> Where we just ask questions and don't answer any. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, my moment of the week well, it comes again from 4020 Magazine, the latest edition. And this is a column from the great Gavin Willisey, now helmets required. And he's talking about Colostomy Rugby League UK. This is um, a team for people who have had a colostomy, aka a stoma. So stoma surgery is used, I'm quoting for the article, in the treatment of a range of conditions including cancer, Crohn's disease, colitis, diverticulitis, uh, or following abdominal trauma. And basically what they do is they get together to show that you know you shouldn't be uh, hemmed in by this sort of situation. And they've now got a rugby league team and they play a whole bunch of games throughout the year and they've just set their, their 2019 schedule. So I thought to myself, my goodness gracious me, well done rugby league. Colostomy UK Rugby League. Yet again, the UK Rugby League really leading the way in terms yeah. of, of, of you know these progressive uh, additional competitions and 
Uh, I'm a big fan. The well PDRL. Yeah. yeah, well done. And look, it was remiss of me to forget earlier as well when we in the international update, but uh, we do have a team in the Women's Super League, and I forgot to mention, so I'm bringing it up now. Uh, the York City Knights, it was obviously round two in the Women's Super League over there. Uh, they lost 80-0 versus Castleford last week, but this week they lost 10-6 to Wakefield, so oh, it's a great improvement. That's, that's great. a huge turnaround. So well done. Castleford, I think, are the, probably the, the leading lights in that competition. They mm. beat the Premier's from last year, Wigan, by 20-odd points. So maybe 18 wasn't so bad after all. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, with that lovely thought, we might leave you for this week. Uh, any final thoughts? How good's rugby league? Thank you. <laughs> That'll do. I shouldn't have sprung it on you, Kyle. See ya. See ya in Rugby League We Trust. Leaf pie.